Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Calgary Bills Football Podcast. This is Uncle CB here, and we've got Victor Speck on the other side. What's up, yo? Hello, hello, hello. Um, late night recording, Monday night, when everybody is a little bit gassed, we just keep going at late night, man. We got to, like, start doing this stuff, I don't know, on a different day uh, when we've got more energy, because right now, I hope mm-hmm. we have enough to cover what the hell we got to cover today, you know, but <laughs> Uh, all G, all G. Um, I don't even think it's going to be too much. Uh, but uh, real time, real quick, we've got Manchester United against Manchester City. Uh, City obviously dominating. No surprise there. Uh, <laughs> you know, Chelsea against Burnley. Chelsea dominated Burnley. No surprise there. And um, we've got uh, kind of a, a mix in the thrower. Um, so two mixes in a throw, actually. Uh, one of the clubs that we featured here occasionally, number one leads, have finally fired Marcelo Biesla, mm-hmm. um, you know, which is a sad thing if you look at it, and, but kind of something that we all saw coming. So not surprising there. Um, actually, a bit surprising, to be honest, but uh, we'll get into mm-hmm. that. And then the last piece is one of the fraudulent managers of all time uh, that is currently trying to fraud his way through another paycheck uh, surprise, didn't surprise nobody by taking a 5 0 loss, you know, the almighty Tottenham Hotspurs. So we'll cover yeah. how that uh, went down and, uh, you know, discuss, uh, you know, fraud or not. But, um, to kick things off, Manchester United against Manchester City, City were absolutely exquisite 4 1 win. Um, Vic, how do you see the game? You guys were awful. <laughs> we're awful. You, you guys were so bad. Even like I get you guys got the one goal with Sancho, but the rest of the time they just smashed you guys, pinned you guys in, and then like you guys came out on some occasion, but then it was like the second half you guys didn't even have a single shot. Mm. Yeah. So um, I guess what Ragnik kind of did a little bit in the first was working. He wanted to hit them on the counter, and that's where Sancho scored the goal. But they should have done more of that. But I don't know. I think they might have tired out because of the way City was playing and just, you know, just moving the ball and their heads were just going left, right, left, right, left, right. Your left back, uh, actually, no, your right back, Wan-Bissaka got bodied by Phil Foden. I don't know how he's that big and getting bodied by a little dude like that. Like, he literally threw him off the pitch, man. And uh, just it was just a, a, a game of class for Kevin De Bruyne and Riyad Mahrez. It was their show for sure. Their show. Yeah. yeah. They absolutely annihilated you guys, man. They, <laughs> they, they just like, we thought after the 1-1, okay, okay, maybe they can do something. Something is coming. But it was just like, no, nothing was coming, bro. It was just, no. it was dead. No, it was it was that, bro. Um, you know, so you you saw like so. What were some some what what were some things that uh, City did? Um, you know, quite well for you that you were like, okay, you know what? You know, they just they just did this so well. What were some of the things that you noticed that uh, they did quite well? The the things City did quite well. Yeah. Just man, they just did everything on points, man. But like, it's not even the fact that they did anything well. It's just you, you guys were not doing things right, you okay. know. So like, um, in a sense where the guys uh when they're playing, it's like you're not defending properly. Number one, right? Number two, the system that you're playing is literally letting fucking wing backs run at you guys with no fucking coverage. And you guys already know City play play like that. And all they're looking for is just to stretch you guys out and open up the middle because then that's where Heaven De Bruyne is going to be. And that's where he can get the goals. And then they want to make sure that the mids can play their game from basically where they're at, right? So um, I just think it's not the things that City did very well. I just think it's you guys just lack, man. You guys lacked. Yeah. So in that situation, then, uh, so you say we are lacking, Ben. So yeah. uh, you know you're talking more from a defensive standpoint, but at the end of the day, this is city you're playing against. They're going to score goals, of course. So, yeah. But you know, but 
I will also say the fraud manager, Frank Lampard, did better than Manchester United in this. Uh, the fraud manager just sat back on, on and defended. But then when they asked the fraud manager to go attack, we all saw what happened to him when he all went to go attack. But we'll get we'll get right into the Tottenham against <laughs> the that side because you know that part is just waiting, uh, gaping for us to just penetrate that, you know, with all force and you know, uh pleasure, if you want to call it that. Uh because you guys, a lot of people know Frank Lampard for me is just, yeah. Anyway, he's not bad, but he's not as good as you make him out to be. He's actually quite terrible as a... Anyway, we'll get into that piece. But um, uh, so now uh, we are, we're talking about, okay, what were some of the things that were not working? Um, you know, and you said, yeah, yeah, sure. You know, you know Lampard, Lampard's everything did better defensively, but who cares about doing better defensively? when you're not winning the game. Um, the question for everybody is, um, you know, so United didn't score, uh, I mean, scored one goal, um, mm-hmm. but uh, they also looked very, very uh, uh, useless in the second half. Now, yeah. my my question to you said, I think you mentioned, I think I, if I didn't hear it correctly, you mentioned United... Uh, didn't have a shot on target. That, is that what you said, or is that something that I missed, or something like that? Yeah, yeah, that that was that was some. They didn't have a shot on target in the second half. The second half, okay. So in yeah. a game like this, there was no Ronaldo. Do you think Ronaldo would have helped? Um, I don't know. Maybe because of stature, but uh, really, though, <laughs> Ronaldo is one of the worst players in this team. <laughs> but, <laughs> I'm, I'm really not gonna like just you know go and put it because he wasn't here and that's the fact mm. like it's just what it is he was not here he decided to go to Portugal <laughs> to go touch himself some more in the sauna <laughs> like Ahmad said <laughs> but man he just he, apparently he, because he wasn't uh in the in the starting lineup, he didn't want to mm-hmm. stay on the bench, so he faked an injury <laughs> to go to Portugal to go and chill, bro. So uh, I don't know, man. It, it just seemed like he didn't even want to play this game. But <laughs> <laughs> Yana, Yana was saying basically, um, why would he want to play against City? <laughs> because he already knew the outcome like they were gonna get battered regardless so let's let's stay let's stay focused here man because yeah that's (laughs) funny bro when i I saw that ronaldo wasn't there to be honest look okay let me let me give my own fan view of the situation the first half honestly the first half was was decent you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was still poor because uh, we were losing two one at the end, but it was it was decent from a how would I put it from an, okay. So the the setup of the four four two or kind of four six zero, if you want to call it that, was interesting. The what? <laughs> huh? The what? The four six zero or the four four two, right? Because okay. it was it was Bruno and Pogba technically up front. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. No, I don't active strikers. Yeah. Um, so the setup, the setup wasn't wasn't uh, uh, how do I call it? Uh, it wasn't too too bad. Like when I said, I was like, you know what? At least Ragnik is trying to give these guys a different look. He's trying to he's trying something, right? Like he's <laughs> he's just, he's just trying anything, right? Um, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> And uh, I expected, I was like, okay, well, if he's trying something different, he's trying to give them a different look, you know, kudos to him, right? Because I don't even know how I would set this team up, team up against a team like uh, City. Like, the only way you can set up, because I hate and I feel so gross about admitting it, yeah. is always park the bus uh, set up, right? <laughs> or or Jose Mourinho's park the bus set up. Like, that is the literally... For a team like Manchester United, is the only way you could play. And to be honest, I think that was kind of how he set up. But 
with the idea that maybe with Pogba and Bruno, we may keep the ball a little bit more and, um, uh, you know, uh, not have issues with uh, yeah. losing the football. So mm-hmm. I felt, I felt that, okay, you know, I get his idea. I get the feeling of what, uh, um, you know, he's trying to accomplish. Yeah. But then, um, you know, but then like, you know, the, my own thing with Ragnik, right? I always say this, right? Ragnik is a philosopher, right? Mm-hmm. He's a guy who comes in, he's the ultimate theorist. He has these ideas of, hey, here's how you should play. You know, Gigan Press till eternity, vertical till thy kingdom come, you mm-hmm. know, um, for two, 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 you know, like that's his philosophy. Yeah. But I never got a sense that this dude was, you know, uh, setting his tim- team up uh to 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 hit that philosophy to hit that ideal that he's trying to accomplish mm-hmm. um, and i think that's uh that's a damning um how do i put it uh, indictment of his tenure so far like he's the he is the he's going to for me with the way he's running united he's going to end up as the theorist and the reason mm-hmm. why i think you end up as the theorist and that's deadly because you're just a guy who just speaks well right you're a yeah. teacher you're not a guy who can actually run it in practicum pep mm-hmm. runs his stuff in practicum Tuchel runs his stuff in practicum uh who's the other guy Klopp runs his stuff in practicum all these guys mm-hmm. have their ideals and they actually know how to implement it now is it fair for me to sit down and say okay Ragnik should have uh, figured this out in three four months no but i'll tell you why i think in my opinion, Ragnik, you know, is 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 failing. He has his idea of football, mm-hmm. but in his idea of football, who plays Scott McTominay, Maguire, when your idea of football does not fit those type of players? Yeah. You get what I mean, right? Mm-hmm. And another thing, too, as well, he has a guy like Ronaldo. Let's go back to Ronaldo, where this whole thing is getting to. He has mm-hmm. a guy like Ronaldo whose ideals also wouldn't fit because guess what? Um, his philosophy is Geigen pressing. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying Ronaldo can't press. I think he's old, but I'm not saying he can't. I just think don't think that's not his game. And then you're mm-hmm. trying to make him do all that, all that just won't work. So you uh-huh. have to like you have to bend over a little bit because well he's the GOAT. You have to do this stuff. You have to do that stuff. Right. Yeah. So Ragnik comes in here he has all these ideas he has all these things go on youtube bro if you want to be a coach go and watch his videos he tells you a coach has to have the idea of how the team uh wants to play envision what they how they want to do it how they yeah. want to approach the pitch he mm-hmm. is the, he is the forever theorist they call him the professor because he revolutionized german football yes more power mm-hmm. to him more kudos to him but i also think he's just that's what he is, a professor. He is not a practical guy. Yeah. Rag, in my opinion, like I cannot wait. I, I don't know if they're even going to give him any authority when he moves up, but I cannot wait to see this guy go upstairs. I am tired of watching what he puts up on the pitch. And, <laughs> and, and it's not fair to him because, you know, because of the way this team operates, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same breath, he's not helping himself. You got to yeah. help yourself, sir. Like, I can't. We I can't back that. I'm sorry, man. I you know I was I was over it a while back, and I'm way more over it now. You can't come up to me and say, "Hey, you here's how I want to play," and then tell me that Maguire is the guy that, regardless if he's the captain, you can bench the captain. Yeah, you can bench the freaking captain. You can't tell me this is how you want to play, mm-hmm. and then you have like you know a guy like McTominay in the center of the park, bro. I am sorry. So. Um, for me, he, he just, he, that's where the mess up is. And then the other piece too, as well, he's mentioned Ronaldo. Okay. I, I get his, uh, reasoning behind it, but Ronaldo is like the only striker available. So why are you benching? Hey, right. Why are you he benching? Be, that's the question. He wants to, be, he wants to play without a, a striker. He wants to play without a striker, but did it, was it working without a striker in the second half when you need a, a different look? What happened? You brought in Lingard and Rashford. 
Ronaldo was in Portugal. <laughs> exactly, right? So so that's so that's my thing, right? And now, okay, go, go that's my problem with Ragnik big time. It's just for starters, that's the first piece. Now, you know, Ragnik, his own thing, for me, is done. There's no point. Look, I'm kind of like regurgitating the same things I always talk about. I don't say I don't tell any anything different on this show anymore because this is the exact same thing we talk over and over and over and over and over and over again. I'm just mm-hmm. regurgitating it in a different way. Like yeah. me, I've always said it. Uh, I like Ragnik. I think he has the like, phenomenal ideas. I wanted him to come, but as soon as I started to see him like do all this, uh, oh yeah, you know, Maguire's uh, kind of the captain, so we're gonna keep no, I was like, bruh, you lost the plot, man. Like you can't be talking <laughs> about your football and then you know, and then he's like, Oh, we gotta stabilize. Yeah, I get it, you gotta stabilize your interim manager, you gotta stay, but you are also an interim manager that think of it, I'm an interim. You can do anything you want and get away with it. Because if you go upstairs, you can mm-hmm. fucking sell that guy the next season. And if you don't sell him, you can say, hey, we're cutting his contract. You can do whatever the fuck you want to do next mm-hmm. season. Right? So, anywho, um, uh, he, uh, he, he, for me, just doesn't, I don't, I don't know, he doesn't, he's, he doesn't uh, apply his theories, which drives me insane. Anyway, mm-hmm. now to the guy, Ronaldo. Ronaldo fucking went to Portugal. This is the rumor. I don't know if it's true, but if it's true, bro. Ronaldo, look, man, I never wanted a guy in the first. I actually thought, I keep saying that, I actually thought it would be hilarious. It's so sickening and disgusting. I thought it would be hilarious if he went to City. Because all those Ronaldo fanboys that like, oh, my God, Ronaldo this, oh, Ronaldo that, oh, like, you know, they're just fucking coming themselves anytime they think of Ronaldo. <laughs> Will fucking go to city and or will be at an existential crisis thinking of this guy going to city mm-hmm. when they kind of like um, what they call it, uh, 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 United. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I, I was hoping for that because I just, I, I, you know, I'm cynical. I love, I love things that messes with people's minds. Anyway, the, mm-hmm. the it didn't happen. Now he comes over to United. He's paid how much? Four hundred fifty k a week, five hundred k a week. We've made that money off him in shirt sales because of you know fanboys and all of that yeah, jazz, yeah, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But if that's the case, bro, it Ragnik, man. If I'm Ragnik, just bet, like just call it a day, bro. Like seriously, I don't understand why they're fighting for top four. That's the other part I want to get to. I don't even know why we're fighting for top four. We're not gonna mm-hmm. get it. In fact, get out of Europa. Get ninth. Get ninth place, bro. And I'll tell you why. Because when you get ninth place, you know, you don't have to worry about Europe next season. Next season, it's all going to be the league. And that's all you got to worry about. Because that's all this team needs to worry about. Their team is so shit that I don't <laughs> care. If Ronaldo doesn't give a shit, forget about it. Bench him for the rest of the season. Call it a day. If he's not happy, he will sell him off. You make some cash. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what I mean, right? Like, you yeah. know, you, you you get him over to Porto, Portugal, you go back to Sportin or something. So, mm-hmm. just just get rid of him, man. Like, just bench him, keep him on the bench. Don't play him. Don't do any of that stuff. And that's all you got to do. That's mm-hmm. it. Um, but he wouldn't do it. You know what I mean? So, Ragnik, uh, he's just a flaccid dude, man. Like, he literally's got nothing going, bro. Like, for me, straight up, this guy, <laughs> this guy. <laughs> It's just an oldie, man. Like, I, I, and, 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 and as a coach, man, he's godsend because we watch his coaching videos every bloody day. But my God, I've never seen a guy who talks so much about, you know, my idea of football. But then when it comes to putting it into practice on the pitch, he doesn't want to do it. Now mm-hmm. we have to wait for him in the summer to now, like, see, okay, you know, uh, what he's got, what he's got to bring to this to the uh, uh, to the team. Now, my question is, if you were the Manchester United board, and I know the Manchester United board is one of the most incompetent fucks ever in the planet of the earth. But anyway, if you are the Manchester United board, would you listen to Ragnik when Ragnik is telling you, "Hey, buddy, um, you know, you should not, you should, you should sell this guy and buy that guy. You should sell this guy and buy that guy." What would you do if you were the board? Would you listen to him? I'll be like. Hey, buddy. Um, you you were just interim manager and it was trash. <laughs> there you go, man. Like, and and bro, I'm, I'm I'm telling you, I know we're we're laughing at this, right? 
and maybe you may like listen to him because obviously you know much more than the idiots uh in in the board at Manchester, right? And mm-hmm. those guys, John Marto and uh Darren Fletcher, know those idiots anyway. But I'm telling you right now, because of how stupid those guys are, they will not pay attention to him. The moment mm-hmm. he comes up and says, sell, you know, Maguire. So they'll be like, well, you used him for the last, you know, times. Why did he do that? Right? The moment mm-hmm. he's like, sell this dude, sell that dude. This guy sucks. That guy doesn't know what he's doing. What he this person has no idea of football. Everybody's gonna start asking you, bro, like, um, why you playing them? Why, why were you playing them? Right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, uh, why should we sell them? Right? So I think that's uh that's the thing. And and another thing too is there was this massive, massive there always seems to be this stupendous meltdown every single time United lose on, on social media. I always find that funny. United <laughs> lose, go on social media, look at how everybody's freaking out. I'm like, you bunch of idiots. Why are you freaking out? Like, what is the reason for you to freak out right now? Yeah. Tell me. Tell me, for what reason would you freak out at what the hell is going on right now at United? Mm-hmm. Why? Give me a reason why you're freaking out. And and the reason I feel that these idiots keep freaking out is they think the players are still as good as they should have been. They think <laughs> this team is still... Let me tell you something, bro. This team is not good. I've been saying it. I've been saying it. People used to say, like, okay, at first I used to say, okay, you know what? Maybe get us a central defensive midfielder. That's what a team of Manchester United's level should be thinking of. Bro... I was only saying that because, look, man, I understood that to build a team, if you get a striker, how are you going to feed the striker the ball? When the striker, you know, everybody complained about Martial. Everybody complained. Even I complained about Lukaku. Everybody complained about all these guys. But then there's no service. They're not giving them anything. So you've got to give these players something. So you've got to build a proper team. You've got to set up a proper team for them. But no, 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 no. You know, the, the, the United wanted to go get, oh, we got to get a striker because that's what's going to take us to the next level. Well, guess what? It's not taking it to the next level. And guess what's even better, man? You know what's even better now? Everybody has come to the realization we need to sell half, like half the squad. So that's about like, what, 12 players? Mm-hmm. Everybody now is starting to figure out, my God, we got to sell like half the squad. Well, guess what? It's not going to sell half the squad. Because we're so fucking incompetent, we're not even going to touch, you know, like, five of the squad won't be sold. And if you think mm-hmm. five guys are going to come in, it's not happening. <laughs> so, this is the situation with United. People keep getting a meltdown. People keep losing their shit. You know, Ragnar keeps playing Maguire. Ronaldo now has technically quit on the team because, hey, mm-hmm. if you don't start, you can go F yourself. I'm going to Portugal. Um, Basically. Yeah, it, if that's the case, allegedly, right? Mm-hmm. But look, at, for me, look, the team has been done for so long. I am not, I, I, I am not saying anything that is brand new. All mm-hmm. I've been saying are the same exact things. I think I've been saying this for over two years now, man. You know, Manchester United are done. Everybody keeps nobody. It's like people keep watching each game, hoping, bro. After the three-one, I literally. I messaged Ziad. I'm like, yo, bro, uh, let me know the end of the score. I don't know the score. I'm just going to go play Pro Evo. Seriously, <laughs> after 3 1, I flipped it over to Pro Evo. Pro Evo. Instead of playing Pro Evo, I was like, fuck, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bang on some PES. Mm-hmm. That was it. And then and then I tuned on just for a little bit. I said, okay, maybe they might score. Oh, no, no, no. I got the wrong team that was going to score. It was <laughs> going to be funny. So, don't, like, people keep expecting something different with Manchester United. Don't. It's over. It's finished. It's done. There's nothing you can expect. Mm-hmm. And, and even if United win the next five games, bro, I can guarantee you they're going to do something stupid again. They're going to lose the next fucking four games. Like, that's mm-hmm. this team is done. I've been telling people this. Nobody wants to listen to me. And until you get rid of, like, eight, nine, ten players in one window, and you can do it if you get rid of ten to eight, ten players, in my opinion. Then you can start talking. Then maybe we'll start saying, okay, you know what? You know, uh, uh, we, 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 may, we, we may be a little bit serious. Uh, mm-hmm. But 10 players, 10 players, and then get full replacements, 
that Mayfield needs like surgery fix uh, until you get that, you know, might as well forget about it. So mm-hmm. anyway, that's my rant for the day. Um, you know, I think we'll move on to uh, Chelsea Burnley. So how did Chelsea do, man? I thought I saw the highlights. I saw Reese James is back. Uh, and uh, T- Tuko looks like a happy man. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, for uh, Basically, in the first half of this game, we were like uh, very stagnant. Um, we didn't, we, we had a lot of possession. Burnley also had chances too, because they had like a couple of chances. They could have even gone up, gone up ahead, but, uh, luckily they didn't. And thank God for that, <laughs> because that would have yeah. just added, added to our heart attacks. Um, then second half, uh, Reece James really came alive. He came alive. Pulisic came alive. Havertz came alive. Like we just now started to run everything. Um, yeah. Rhys James came back, scored his, his first goal since the return. It was very well well done, like a double cut back, and then he smashed it in in the far left corner, right from the angle. It was a, a nice goal. Then after that, um, Pulisic assisted Havertz, got this nice-ass ball just, like, swinging directly in, in, in the fucking box for Havertz, just easy. Has mm-hmm. Havertz puts it in with his head. Second goal, we're up. Now we're like, okay, yeah, yeah. Then right after that, Pulisic makes this daunting run, just runs all the way to the freaking left wing um, and takes like three players with him, turns around, swings the ball over. Um, the midfielder gets it. The midfielder now sends it to Reese. Then Reese comes, he bursts in like he was making the run already, sends the ball in. Havertz and Pulisic are in the box and Havertz gets the touch on it. So now that's 3-0. Then after that, a gift, a gift from Burnley's to Tarkowski. They literally passed the ball and then uh the ball went over um a, a miss hit and basically Pulisic was there and he just basically like just pushed it in. <laughs> so but it was very it was very good. Like we dominated like a, a majority in their half in like that second half. Even in the first half we did too, but like you could we didn't create too much. And then, mm-hmm. um, but in that second half, we now like exited out and just closed out the whole game, which is very good to see because we needed that, man. Burnley is one of those teams that can really like trap you and um, have you playing their game. And then before you know it, it's now a long ball game that's one second in and they're fucking going to come in and score a goal, which was what pissed yeah. me off because people didn't understand the reason why Chelsea right now is not in the fucking title race is because we did not beat Burnley in the first fucking, in the first part of the season. It's because we fucking decided to tie a game that we should have won. And that was what started the whole chain reaction of every fuckery. And then from there you started to see ties, 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 and then a loss and like, it was just bullshit. But it all started from Burnley. I like how you say uh, it's because we decided to uh, tie the game instead of winning the game. It's like uh, the team just woke up and said, you know what? We're not going to beat Burnley. Yeah. Well, they, they obviously need to wake up and be like, bro, we're coming here to win. <clears throat> but they didn't have the mentality when Burnley had that fucking chance coming into the fucking box. Like, you mm-hmm. got to stop those things from getting there. And it was very late, too. What a late-ass goal. 93rd minute, 92nd minute, they fucking scored that shit. And it was yeah. just like, man, like that just kills everything. The momentum yeah. you if, if we had <clears throat> if we had won that game, City would have still been at bay. Like, and then it just started that stupid chain reaction of then now we started getting ties and ties. Teams just were going for ties against us. Even when we were up ahead of, of teams, they know Chelsea's fragile when we go. And it's it was so fucking weird to see, man, because like usually Chelsea is like a very solid team at the back, like none of those issues happening. And then that that day, after that game, it, everything changed, man. Everything changed. Yeah, I, I, I would say uh, that result coincided with the loss of a certain somebody. But yes. that person came back today um, yeah. or the last game. Yeah. Uh, you know who he came it is. back in Reese James, yeah. Man, uh, I think Reese James was a massive loss for you guys. Um, I don't know no, if you not just not just not just Reese James, also Chilwell. It's what I was I saying. Know, I know, I know, because but I think the both of them, both of them, both have like the the craziest inputs in Chelsea. They have the highest goals and highest assists. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. like for the like, I think they're second or third right now. But I think uh, Mount is first, 
but obviously Mount has more games on them, right? But uh, when they were playing, literally, like, Rhys James and Chiwa were on smoke, and that's where Chelsea had the upper advantage with those wing-backs. Mm-hmm. Just like kind of like Conte was doing with the league in the in um in 2017, where he literally used the wingbacks to win, right? Tuchel was basically using that system, but then the wingbacks got injured and they never really replaced them with quality, right? Yeah. So and that was that was kind of like where the issue was. And Tuchel just um, decided to keep playing the same system rather than adapting and switching it right away because he felt like, okay, yeah, these other guys can act like wingbacks. But that role was suitable and very made for these guys like Chilwell and Reese James, both of them, right? Yeah. So Absolutely. I think uh, Alonso was a good feeling, though. I won't say yeah. one thing. I will say one thing. I think the answer was just Reese James because um, – you know, that dynamism that you guys have on the wings. And when I, when I saw his goal, I was just like, man, this really was what was Chelsea missing. And I and I forgot to add him back into my uh, fantasy team because he was in my fantasy team. Yeah. Um, you know, but uh, uh, going on to that, uh, how was the midfield? Midfield too as well, from what I saw, looked very measured and very controlled. Um, you know, was that a consistent uh, thing that you felt uh, from the midfield? Yeah, the midfield is always a good thing, man. We just we have so much quality in our mid. Um, we got a guy who was who who has won like two titles from Champions League and won the Europe the the European uh, International Cup. And then uh, on top of that, we have Angolo Kante, and then um, we have Kova as well, right? So all, these these are all quality players. Kova is supposed to be like the second inheritance of like Luka Modric. But he might be a little bit more deeper, but it's okay. He's um, it's all class. It's all class in Chelsea, and our midfield is definitely class. The only person who kind of like falling behind right now is kind of Mason Mount, and he needs to pick it up. Because, yeah, I I was gonna get yeah I was gonna get into that because uh, I saw was freaking out online on Mason. Some they were saying that Mason, well, somebody actually a bunch of people they were saying Mason needs to be dropped. Um, yeah, so, but the, but the reason the reason why Tuku can't drop him was because I think Ziek was injured, so Mason had to play regardless. So, but I think uh, I think Ziek is back now. I think he came back today from his uh from whatever knock that he had. So hopefully we're trying to see him like in the, in the weekend time for the next prem game. But um yeah, Mount's got to step it up, man. Like he. Um, he's been lacking. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's like a lack of consistency or another thing too. I have another theory because when Reese James and Mount were there together, they were just blowing things out of the water. So maybe he's also missing Reese. Maybe he's also missing an outlet, but as well, he's got to notice, he's got to understand that if he gets the chances to finish, he's got to finish, man. Just like, mm-hmm. uh, just like in the game against Liverpool, that ball Christian Pulisic gave him, was fucking class, man. That was yeah, money, yeah. freaking money, and you and you smashed it over the post. You don't do that type of ball justice, man. So mm-hmm. he's got to. I, th- I think he's really got to like step it up. And I don't know what Tuku is gonna get now to start getting him to go. But I think when Zia comes in, Mount's gonna realize, bro, I gotta play again, right? So he needs to start balling, right? Because Everybody is really picking up now. I told I told everybody I'm like, wait till the end of the season. Pulisic will start fucking showing you guys some shit. And like it's it's only the beginning, man. It's only the beginning. It's coming. The same thing with uh Havertz. Havertz is lighting up too. He's getting to the end of the ending parts of the season. These boys, they know now, like this is the time. You either make this push or you get broken, you know? Cause this is this is where it's at. This what you are fighting for now is the freaking Champions League and the FA Cup, maybe the title, but I'm not gonna hold my breath for that. <laughs> but yeah. uh, um, there's still a lot of things to win. Champions League is still on the on the cards for Chelsea, regardless of what the hell is happening in Chelsea right now, with the switchage of um, with the drop of uh, Roman Abramovich deciding that he's going to. Um, kind of like sell the club and because of political matters of what's going on obviously in in uh between Ukraine and Russia and the mm-hmm. fact that uh Abramovich has a lot of ties to um to the to Vladimir Putin allegedly but, allegedly because he's alleged, he, sued, he sued people on that and he's one that where he said I'm not 
uh, I don't have close ties with them. So yeah, allegedly. but apparently, uh, apparently, Abramovich is best friends with this dude. But um, not crazy, crazy things to like speculate. But they're Russian. They're Russian oligarchs. Those billionaires were made from Putin's uh, deals with. Uh, a various amount of co- countries and basically building, but I'm not going to get into politics for that. I just yeah. want to say like uh, Abramovich has put the, the club up for sale. Now he's asking for 4 billion. The club is worth, I think one, uh, 2 billion or 1.5 around there. So he's looking for a 2 billion profit, but he's actually also decided to drop the depth from, uh, from Chelsea's 1.5 billion that owe, that that they owe him. So now he's basically uh, deciding to um, give that money to charity. He's an amazing man, bro. Like he's, he's and he's like he's such a great owner. And the fact that he's even deciding he 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 put the club in a charity so that way they can't sanction the club, right? Mm-hmm. So now in that way he can also find the buyers that who wants to buy Chelsea. But also, he he has specifically said, whoever is going for Chelsea, he needs guarantees that they're going to invest in the club, not just on the business side, but on the football side, like he has done over the years. It's got to be like a family. You got to fucking love the club and, and love the game as well. So those yeah. are his those are his demands and. Obviously, right now with him appointing the 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 charity, the trust, uh, the trustees, the Chelsea Trustees Foundation. So now there can be no sanctions against the club. So it's kind of protected us, and in a way, also buy bought him some time as well to now find new owners, right? But yeah. if this ends up because um, Israel is also like uh, um, going to bats for him because they're like, if you sanction him he loses the money that he's using to rebuild the, our economy in Israel. So, mm-hmm. which is, which is kind of a good thing because everybody's looking at it as well. He's also the one who's leading the peace, the peace talks and trying to force it to go through between Putin and, uh, and uh, Stalinsky. Right. So, um, so he's actually putting himself more and more in good stead I think the guys that just that wanted to sanction him are just haters, man. They just, they just hate. Honestly, like when I watched the video of the dude who was like, "How was this guy not not sanctioned yet?" Like without any proof, they're like, "Oh yeah, he has ties to this and his companies that he was he bought some stocks in, uh, making weapons for Russia to come and fight in Ukraine." And it was like, "Bruh." You, have you ever have you ever had a talk with Roman Abramovich? Have you sat down with him? Everybody who has had a chance to meet this guy has always been like, this guy is passionate, right? He knows what he wants. He knows what he wants for his club. And he's also a, a good human, right? So, but obviously... I heard, that, I heard the guy who wanted him sanctioned is an Arsenal fan. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he's he actually he's I heard that too as well. And I'm oh, not surprised. oh shoot, that's hilarious. <laughs> I'm not I'm not surprised, but that's that's the thing, right? A lot of these guys um have their agenda, and yeah. as much as sometimes they may be like, oh yeah, you know, it's because of this and because of, it's also partly because of football. A lot of them are football fans that grew up in Europe, right? So, um, so they they obviously have probably have bad feelings because maybe Chelsea is like the best club in all of London and a Russian owns it. So they're not really, um, really that hyped about it, but it's okay, man. They'll get to They got to live. They got to live and, you know, stop hating, man. Take that haterade out your mouth, bro. Drink some water. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, <laughs> For but honestly, uh, yeah. Getting back onto that piece and it's good that you touched on that. Cause I was going to actually bring that up. Um, seeing that the possible sale of the club and uh, all whatnot. So um, I know you've met, you've touched on, uh, you know, what uh, Bramovich is trying to do to ensure that the club is still going to be, um, you know, run properly. But my question for you is, um, how do you feel about it? How do you feel about all this stuff that's happening? Uh, what do you mean, especially? Like about him being you know, kind of not forced, but him deciding to sell the club. Like, how do you feel about that piece? I, I'm not happy with it, man. I'm really not happy with it. I think you should give people 
a chance if they want to sell it by their own to sell it and not and stop trying to sanction people like a lot of these guys that they're sanctioning out here some of them don't even have ties to fucking um putin right but it's just the means to sink you know the russian economy and somebody told me something again it, this one is a little bit political but they're like they just want to fucking rearrange the stocks again and then they're going to the war will end in maybe like a couple weeks but after that then they will buy a whole bunch of companies and relocate and i'm hearing things about like a million ukrainians coming to red day in, in, in canada here <laughs> like <laughs> there's a lot of things man there's actually a lot of things but i'm not gonna speak too much about that i just i'm not happy with it i think um abramovich has been a great owner and he's also increased the economy in fucking in in london so mm-hmm. as well as during covid times he did yeah. a lot of, he did a lot of things for them they gotta they gotta stop with this haterade like i said drink some water man like because huh. the, the the way they need to look at it is look at the guy who you're trying to fucking prosecute right look at him like what did he do for you guys during COVID? When you guys were struggling, what did he do? He made sure you your your NHS fucking workers had enough fucking beds to sleep on. Because guys, and he didn't charge them anything, bro. Because because sometimes driving back from London all the way to where you need to go is a little bit farther, and you're tired, man. You and you're also doing work for for people's lives so it's like it's like man you gotta look at who you're fucking trying to prosecute because this guy he ain't no bad dude man so yeah no no definitely um i think personally from my perspective i think it's kind of sad but look man i don't know how these things work when it comes to sanctioning and whatnot um I personally, I, I don't know. Personally, I, I, I think uh, just even taking a guy out of like that out of football yeah. is a detriment to football in itself because of the way he drove competition out in England. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, I know you mentioned the stuff about like Israel, him helping out Israel. It depends on who you speak to because I know that's a bit sensitive for some people because of the whole Palestine versus Israel, like, you know, yeah. issue. But, um, you know, I think from a footballing perspective, I think he's a very, very solid owner. Like, if we, if United had a, an owner like that, mm-hmm. we're dominating. Like, we're Bro, dominating. All, this, all, the, all the Liverpool, yeah. Manchester United fans are so happy, bro. Yeah, they of course. So, they're so happy. <laughs> like, if Abramovich but, gets removed as an owner, bro, oh, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't look at it that way. I actually, I actually, I, man. Failure makes you really like reflect, and um, yeah. I always reflect. I always sit back and reflect. All these fans that are like screaming joy and happiness, they're they're weaklings, man. There's a lot of weaklings in football and a lot of insecure people. Yeah, uh, but for me, I I just don't feel that. I don't know. I'm I'm so I'm so by myself that I be- I believe my own ideals and my opinions, and I think any person who has a, a, an owner. Like Abramovich, um, mm-hmm. and I think footballing, if in a way, losing a guy like Abramovich, uh, it's it's you you. I think England may feel it much more than they think they will. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's good to make the jokes like, "Oh, you guys are gonna be relegation and blah blah blah." Hey, hey, Chelsea may actually just get a very good owner too as well that comes in and really freaking yeah. rocks it, right? Well, because but, because Abramovich is gonna be the one handpicking the the owner, so yeah, yeah, so. They may come in. They may come in and just absolutely rock it, do a fantastic job, even make them better. Who knows, right? Yeah. But um, I just, I just think that uh, uh, I think people are, I think people should think beyond their, um, you know, their their nose because a lot of people are just looking at what's in front of me. We don't want Chelsea to win it again. We're tired of them. You know, right. they're too good and blah blah blah. You know, whatever it may be, you know. Uh-huh. So I, 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 I hope um, you know all this stuff gets resolved, and uh, for the people of Ukraine, I hope um, you know peace comes pretty, pretty soon because uh, that's quite devastating. 
Yeah. All right. Um, so, we'll jump over to the next piece uh, just to kind of wrap things off here because we, we kind of have a short night going. Uh, before we get into the nice, beautiful, juicy stuff, I wanted to touch on Marcelo Biesla finally getting the sack. Um, I think one of the episodes we talked about this and talked about um, how Biesla, like, just what, what the hell he's doing. But, Frick, we, we didn't have a chance to connect because while this was happening, I really wanted to jump on and do a show. But Biesla had like been taking like six nil, four two. Oh yeah, um, he, was, he, was, he was really stinking of the place. Oh, my goodness! And the worst part I was seeing this guy was marking them man for man, bro. Like yeah. man for man. Like I, I don't know if any person knows. Like guys in football, um, and I've been getting back. I've been actually getting back in shape and doing my best work to you know try to you know play at least you know towards the rest of my. Uh, career here but uh marking somebody man for man is just i don't even, even if the person is not even very fit even even if the person was my level of fitness right marking a guy man for man is almost suicidal and this <laughs> guy doing it with 11 or 10 players on the pitch if he could do it with a goalie i bet you he would do it with the goalie but because <laughs> he needs the goalie net he doesn't do it marking yeah. guys man i could not believe what i'm seeing um, I like Biesla a lot. I really do. Like, um, I like the way he he coaches, and I think that he's another theorist. You know, when we talk about Ragnik, these are guys yeah. who are theorists of the game. But um, I'm going to take a different team here. Biesla have brought these guys. If you guys look at the history of Leeds and, like, what happened to them, Biesla have brought these guys from, like, nowhere. Yeah, nowhere. absolutely. I'm not I'm not a romantic. I don't like when people start saying, oh, give him like, you know, uh, 50 years or whatever, right? I'm very, very pragmatic. And re- like, you know, yeah, when I came on this show and I talked about Benitez and saying, hey, uh, Everton shouldn't fire Benitez because I think the problems are beyond Benitez. But I wasn't coming here saying, oh, keep Benitez because he's the greatest and he's just in love with Everton. No, no. I, I, I put a pragmatic reason behind it and Funny enough, some of the results we're seeing now, everybody's like, uh, oh, hold up. Um, but anyway, um, the 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 thing with Biesla, from a, I said, I'm not romantic. I don't give a shit about, like, what you've done or whatever. If you're not good enough right now in the clutch, uh, the Premier League is so costly when you get out of the Premier League that mm-hmm. I get when they fire you. But there is one thing. I'm going to make an exception rule here. Biesla was an exception. Because Biesla took this team from literally nothing in depths of shadows. They were languishing somewhere in, uh, um, you know, the uh, what they call it, uh, championship. And Mm -hmm. they just didn't find a way to break through. This guy comes in, gives them new hope, gives them a new ray of light, and brings them all the way to the Premier League. I honestly think after last season, he should have been given time. And I'll tell you why. Their defenders, um, they have injuries. Yeah, the strikers the, the too. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm getting to that. The midfielder, Calvin Phillips, injured, injured. Yeah, uh, Patrick Bamford, injured, injured. Yeah. When COVID hit, they did not ask for postponements. Every other bloody club were postponing, like closing their eyes. You know mm-hmm. what BSL did? He took the kids and gave them an invaluable experience that. Most most teams will not do. United mm-hmm. right now, for example, are absolutely struggling all over the park. They will not play the kids, you know. Whereas, uh, even though Medjugorje is t- terrible, I mean, no, sorry, not terrible. Sorry, I, I made a mistake. Even though Medjugorje is not as good as a, a terrible Scott McTominay, um, you know, I would still want to see him play because I'm just like I'm tired of seeing this current Manchester United players. You know, mm-hmm. even Elanga, like let me say Elanga for example. I'm happy he's there, even though, yeah, he sucks. He's not that good. I don't think Alanga, everybody says, oh, Alanga is the crazy. I'm like, guys, relax. There's million better, million miles better wingers than Alanga. Alanga is he's an okay uh, winger, but everybody yeah. wants to dig him up. But even him, I like to see those kind of players play because it's like, just give me something fresh because all these overpaid superstars don't want to run around for you. But mm-hmm. Biesla sucked it up, played the kids, something that a lot of management wouldn't do. Yes, right. it is stupid. It's not the best thing to do. Maybe they should have postponed those games. But at the end of the day, 
-hmm. leads, you know, did something that a lot of teams didn't do. If he took that team back down to the championship, I can probably guarantee you they will come back up because yeah. of the way that team is set up. That team, regardless of how, if they fail in the Premier League right now, they will mm -hmm. be back up because those guys, I feel, will stay with Leeds. They will yeah. stay and they will do whatever they, they can to bring them back up with mm -hmm. Biesla. But if you fire Biesla, you've lost the soul of the team. Now, they've gotten mm -hmm. Jesse Marsh in. He, didn't, he, didn't, he actually didn't do too bad in the first game. No, he didn't, he didn't do too bad because obviously... He actually, he's he's not... actually a very... Um, um, I was listening to like his interview after the game and the way he was talking, it was like, he's very tactical, man. Like, he's actually very, very tactical. Bro, I can talk tactics all day. Does not make me... Doesn't make me a phenomenal coach. Doesn't mean I'm going to implement my deals on there. Look, yeah. Jesse Marsh may save them this season. Look, I'm not talking about, like, saving them this season. I feel like sometimes it's better if you take the bitter pill now, mm -hmm. right, than save yourself now, and then you then you don't get to really save, right? I think they should save. I was... Sorry, you go ahead. I was having I was having a talk on the group chat with Akinde and Akinde was like Jesse Marsh is in here and I'm like oh great so they fired Marcelo Biesla and then um and then and then he's like he's like uh, Akinde was like Je Jesse Marsh is actually a very good coach and I told Akinde I was like can you just imagine fucking Jesse Marsh and fucking Frank Lampard getting relegated what scenes it'll be <laughs> <laughs> Bro, the whole internet will freaking explode if you still got relegated. Yeah, but, um, but we'll, we'll jump on onto everything. But anyway, the the Jesse Marsh, I don't think is a bad. I, I don't think he's a bad coach. I don't really know his mo. I know he struggled with RB Leipzig, but I know he did well RB Salzburg. But those uh -huh. are different behemoths when you come mm -hmm. over to like the Premier League. I think, mm -hmm. I I think yes, tactically he can cover, he can do that. But there's a there is something, man, in football that a lot of things people cannot explain, and it's the soul, the spirit in football, the, yeah. the ability to galvanize a community. Those mm -hmm. players, regardless, leads, if they were getting killed 7, 10, 20, nothing, they would die on that pitch for Biesla. Yeah. They will, right? So I think that a lot of people forget that. Um, if Jesse Marsh doesn't get good results in the next three to four games, he will, lost, he would get, he would lose the room. He will mm -hmm. lose the dress. Because those guys would probably be like, look, why did you guys candor the dude for this guy, right? Mm -hmm. The other guys would probably be like, look, I was willing to go down to, uh, uh, to the championship again with uh, Biesla because I know we'll come back up. I know, I believe in it that we're going to be back up. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, I think uh, I think Marcelo, they should have I, – I personally think that they should have given him in time. I, I feel like Leeds may, may scrape, scrape it this year, but next season – they would definitely like they they have all the vibes of if we survive this year we're gonna get canned next season. But I may be wrong. It's football. You gotta give them all a chance, right? So, yeah. um. Anyway, speaking of the other, other house that is uh looking really bad right now, a team that has never been relegated, everything. Uh -huh. Um, your boyfriend Clapper took a nasty five nil, bro. It, it was so bad. I was watching the game. And I was just like. What is going on here? They're not playing the way that Frankie wants to play. I can just see uh, it. No, no, no. I'll I'll tell you something. I'll tell you something. It's not that. But, the, but, the, but there's another there's another thing. This was the worst. This was the worst team that Everton could face right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because Antonio Conte plays that ball, bro. He, if you look at what he did in this game, he had a fucking. He had a mid-block, a mid-block. It wasn't no low block. It was a mid-block. He said, okay, come come and play. And he just waited, waited and waited and waited and waited. When the ball fucking got to him, they're like, okay, let's counter. <laughs> Which is what um, uh, Everton should have sat back and fucking played the waiting game. But they didn't. They tried to go at them. And then obviously they opened up the spaces and just fucking threw them out the fucking water. Harry Kane with like double goals and it was just uh my god it was a but, but, <laughs> I, I'll I'll tell you my one thing right 
you what? know Frank Lampard right now, like he's not a great, he's not a good coach. He's uh he's actually at his level. Frank Lampard should be working with mid to low tier table table teams, either mm-hmm. in the Premier League or in the Championship. In fact, I actually think he's gonna get done in the championship. If he went with this type of performance in the championship, he would get done. Yeah. I'll tell you why. Tactically, it's always good for us to speak in hindsight. Yeah, okay, we're talking about, you know, City against Everton. No, they, they held on one of the... That works because against... There's only one way you play. If you're Liverpool or maybe PSG or maybe uh, uh, Bayern, maybe you play uh, City in a different, much different way. Yeah. But... When you're none of none of those teams, you only have one way to play Manchester City: park mm-hmm. the ball. That is the only way. You know, yeah. uh, you know, you don't have the personnel to match up with them. But when you mm-hmm. face Everton, right? When you face Everton, on paper you're on you're on par with in some shape or form. But your results obviously speak for itself. Yeah, you have to be a lot smarter than that. You have to be a lot cunning than that. This is my problem with Lampard, man. Like. Tactically, people always say, "Oh, blah blah blah." That part is not tactically, man. He's not. I'm a believer in the mid block, and the reason why I believe in mid block is you just have just enough space to counter, find a passing lane. If you win the ball, yeah. um, and and to go quickly, the high press is hit and miss because if you don't, if you're not very coordinated, they can blow right through you in a heartbeat. So the mid block, yeah. I'm a huge fan of because the mid block just allows you to set you set the tone, and then if let's say you're struggling to like you know win the ball back, then you can go into a low block. But then if you find that oh you know what I can actually go after this team, you can go on a high press, you can go on a high yeah. block. So, um anyway, Lampard, from the setup, the way I was seeing things, I was just like, are you playing the four four two again with Ricarlison? Um, uh, Calvert Lewin, and then the two wingers. Why are you doing that? Why Why are you doing mm. that? So, so they um during the during the post match interview, Lamps talked about it. He wanted to play three at the back, but the reason he's fucking defenders are injured, like his actual defenders. If you look, there's an enemy so, of progress I, in the past couple games. It's fucking Michael Keane. Michael Keane, I know, I know, but but yeah, Michael Keane doesn't account for four goals, man. Like, bro, he, look he, at he that. At least accounted for three. Yeah, at yeah, he's just as, I know he's just as bad as Maguire. Look, I know he's just as bad, but seriously though, you're not protecting the defense. We always say this, man. In football, the number one thing you protect is your D. You yeah. have to. They're the underbelly. You either protect the, if you don't have good midfielders, you either pack the midfield, or if you have a good good personnel, then you play that one personnel. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. As much as I like Van der Beek, he's not that guy. As much as I like Allen, he's not that guy. You yeah, have to. You, you have to play. You have to play somebody like Andres Gomez or something, man. Like, like exactly, exactly. But then another thing too, who knows? Is Andres Gomez injured? Like I don't know what's happening with this team, bro. But then find somebody else and put them in there, bro. Like mm-hmm. it's not that hard, bro. Maybe maybe tell it will be. You may be shit, but just come in and just tuck in and play midfield for me, like yeah, or, or whoever that you've got, like in the wings or somebody. Townsend. Okay. So I'm I'm looking at it right now. Um, so he had. Seamus, Mason, Michael King, Jonjo Kenny, Dukure, Allen, Van der Beek, Richarlison, okay. Dominic Cavalluin, and Anthony Gordon. On the bench, he had um, Townsend, Mikolenko, Brantwaite, El Ghazi, Iwobi, Gomez, Rondon, and Ali. He should have played Gomez instead of Allen. I've, I've watched the past couple games with Allen, and I'm just like, Okay, he has legs, but can he do what he needs him to do if he's protecting the back four? But he, nah, he doesn't. He doesn't. Come, he doesn't set them up in a way to secure the back four. That's always been my problem with Lampard. He yeah. when he goes on the attack, he goes all in. Look, in football, we talk about four stages of the game: attacking organization, defensive mm-hmm. organization, mm-hmm. attacking transition, defensive transition. Yeah. Every. Thing that you do has to be in consideration of those four phases. If you he, the way I feel like Lampard does is he thinks, okay, 
attack transition, attack organization. Mm-hmm. And that's but it. No, he doesn't think the no defensive transition, transition defensive organization. Or if, he, or, or if he thinks defensive organization, he doesn't think attacking transition or attacking organization. Obviously, what do I know? He's probably thinking those things. I know he is, but his setup does not doesn't tell the story because he feels like he's either all in or he's all out. He cannot find the right balance between the two. He's he's um, he's, he's definitely missing that guy, bro. He's definitely missing the guy that he hired when he was in Chelsea. That's Anthony Barry. He's working very well with Thomas Tuchel, man. Yeah, but like that then dude get was, somebody who, else. Was, who was setting the back and shit up and all. Yeah. Joe Edwards is a guy who came from the academy as well. But he's also like an attacking coach, so it's like, where's your defensive side, man? You gotta fix that. So yeah. he needs to, and he he wanted Barry to come over, but Barry decided to stay with Tuku, right? So yeah, but yeah, get somebody else. I think I think there's a lot of great coaches out there who can help you figure this out. I don't. Yeah. I mean, I, I know I'm talking about. Oh, he's not. He does, He only goes all in and all out. I don't think that's the case with him. But I feel like he's clearly lacking on how to set up a structure where if my team attacks, how do I ensure that they're covered? You know, yeah. there's sometimes I see them like attacking and I'm like, my guy, you have like six guys running up, bro. Like, you know, they, mm-hmm. you know, they, if they try, if they, if, if they counterattack you, you're, you're fucked. Yeah. Like, and, and that's what Conte's team does so well. They live off that shit, you yeah. know? So the moment they win that ball, they're counterattacking, they're finding the space. The defense is all over the place, and then next minute, bang, go, bang, go, bang, go. Um, yeah. and then and then even when they organized, they also looked on threat because the 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 team everything is just not that good enough. And and look, I hate to say it, man, but we told I told y'all y'all so, man. Like you fire Benitez, it's the stupidest thing. Like that team from when I was actually actively watching Everton when Benitez was the coach. Because I actually yeah. think he's actually very underrated. A lot of people make fun of him, maybe because he's bigger and he's pudgy and he used to coach Liverpool and he had a crazy rant against Alice Ferguson. But he's actually a very smart coach. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to tactics, this guy knows what personnel he has, how to put them there. The football may be ugly, may be messy, but he knows that, look, man, you know, with this personnel, this will give me the most optimal opportunity to win. Right? Yeah. And but then Lampard comes in and says, oh, here's my philosophy, blah, blah, blah. But then after one game, he changes it for a city. And, you know, that doesn't show consistency. If you're going to come out and say, look, here's my philosophy, double mm-hmm. down. Double down on it. You know, yeah. it's the Ragnik thing, right? Ragnik is like, here's my philosophy, and then he doesn't play it. It's like, double down on that shit. We will hate mm-hmm. you for it. But at the end of the day, that is who you are. That's your MO. Yeah. Um and Lampard has already flip flopped quite a bit, and you can tell, like, bro, like he's trying to find a solution. Yeah, he just he just, wants, he just wants a solution that can fix to the end of the season, and then from there yeah. he can he can try to like now stabilize them with the actual system, right? So, bro, ra- rather know. I would just I would just say fucking throw it all at them, man. Do it because let me tell you something: the players will believe you. They will believe yeah. your ideals. They will go all the way with it. But the mm-hmm. moment you start like chopping and changing. Okay, today guys, we're going to park the bus and then tomorrow we're going to press high and try to win. Then yeah. you're going to get blow up. You're going to get games like City. Yeah. And then you're going to get games like this. But that was um that was actually a thing with him in uh in in Chelsea as well. He he wanted to play different systems, but they also understood like the identity which he wanted to play with, right? So um I think it's just going to take a matter of time. He just needs to find that solution for now. And I'm pretty sure now he's definitely going to be playing the way that he wants to play because there's nothing to lose, man. He either win those games or you fucking get relegated. So you make the decision, right? So, um, But he's got some tough games coming up too, like for the next four or five games. He's got like Liverpool, uh, huh. Chelsea. Um, he has he has Wolves. Oh my um, God! Wolves, Wolves is a game he can win, but he's got to be like they got to be on point for that. And uh, yeah, he has all the tough games coming up in like the first in the next like four or five games, pretty much. And anyway. I think after that, then he should be in a in a in a state where it's like okay, 
four more games left. Let's fucking win everything because these are winnable games, right? So, yeah. Well, I, the time, I don't think we'll get relegated because yeah. there's still a lot of people below. But Newcastle has moved out of the relegation zone. Uh, so Newcastle, my baby, I'm so happy for them. Uh, yeah. But uh, you know that's that's good. But either way, uh, in about three weeks, uh, we could find out if Lampard has uh, lost his job. Um, yeah. anyway, <laughs> that is the end of the show, man. Um, we are out of time and uh, it is really late. Um, I've got to sleep, I've yeah. got work too, so. yeah, so. but uh, that was fun. Um, thank you guys for listening to the show. Uh, please join us uh, the next time, uh, hopefully on Monday next week. We'll run it again, we may even do it midweek. We'll see how it goes. I'm uh, mm-hmm. thinking maybe getting uh, some special in, get some of the Italian watches of the game in so that we can talk about some Italian football. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that uh, that needs some coverage too. But yeah. uh, without further ado, uh, thanks for listening, guys, and uh, have a fantastic day. Cheers, guys.